got an email earlier this week yeah that said uh, podquisition has become almost unbearable to listen to ah <laughs> uh, is is this because we we only tell people whether their favorite games are perfect or great and we don't have a wider scale is that the problem i think that's the issue i think because we've laser focused on video games and whether people's favorite video games are great or perfect mm. i fear people think that we are too blinkered in our approach. We got we got the blinders on to everything else yeah. that's going on in the world. Yeah, because yeah. we we I don't think any of us have ever had an opinion about something that wasn't a video game. And if we dared to do so, I don't think we would have brought it to this show because that's just not what this show's for. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I don't know anything that isn't The Witcher Three. <laughs> it's all I know. In fact, I called my mum up the other day and I said, fuck you, mum, I'm a gamer, I don't believe in anything. (laughs) Other than The Witcher 3 and the fact that phones exist because she used one of those in in that situation. Do you believe in phones? I'm agnostic about phones. I, (laughs) I believe in the possibility of phones based on the fact that I have... This little plastic rectangle that people tell me is a phone, Mm. but I've never seen Geralt of Rivia use one, so I'm not convinced they exist. I think it might be a joke. I think we're all using phones as a joke. Well, you say that. I was at a Halloween party this weekend, and I did see Geralt of Rivia there on his phone. Ah! So I believe in phones, because I did see Geralt walking around a party with his phone out. That's all I need then. Okay, I I now believe in phones. I believe in pants, because I've seen him wear them. Yep. I believe in baths, because I've seen him do one of them. I believe in glitches, because I've seen him do that. I've seen him do them plenty of times. (laughs) I've seen a horse walk up a fence, right? The only thing I am sceptical about is I do see Geralt of Rivia having a lot of sex. Ah. And I can't confirm that that's real. Oh, no, sex is a myth that they made up for The Witcher. I was thinking that, because I, yeah. I know griffins aren't real, wyverns aren't real. Um, and sex. Sex isn't real. Sex. Uh, drowners are real. I've seen those. I've seen big blue bloated monsters out by the beach, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Usually it's me in Bermuda shorts. <laughs> There's a great joke for everyone. You can put that in your Type 5 stand-up comedy book, Conrad. Yeah, that's in there. I'm, I'm using that. Use that. I tell you what, I tell you what, Conrad, you should put me in one of your comedies. <laughs> people tell me I am such a character. Anyway, Brexit. Oh. So, obviously, Boris Johnson has promised um, that we'll be out of Europe by October 31st. Now, that hasn't happened. We've got an election coming up in December, I believe. Do do you remember what he promised he would do instead of going back to ask for an extension? And he did go back and ask for an extension, so he does have to go do this now. He said he would rather die in a ditch. So, Boris, I'm expecting you to keep your promises, because as we all know, anything you say about what you will do in politics, you can never revoke it, you can never go back, you have to commit to your promises, go die in a ditch. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it would be good if Boris Johnson died in a ditch, he should just fulfil his promises. He needs to keep his election promises. Yeah, he needs to, yeah. to fulfil... His pledge to the British people. We cannot have a second refer- a second referendum on Brexit. We cannot have a second referendum on Boris Johnson dying in a ditch. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> the point is, 
is that some people are worried that this podcast isn't political enough. I think that's what I'm picking up. I think that is the problem. We've 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 been a bit quiet about the politics in recent weeks. Yeah, I think I think people are understandably afraid that you know. Uh, if we're so busy talking about the hot new games that are being announced, we might lose sight of the political landscape that's around us. Oh, can, can I help assuage that fear slightly? Hey, Blizzard re- announced some video games. We're not going to tell you what they were. They're a shitty company that did some shitty things and their games don't really matter in the context of their recent actions. There you go. How's that? Yeah, we should talk about Blizzard's. We should talk about Blizzard, but not their games. Yeah. Um, but first, we should commit some slander. Oh, okay, yeah, of course. Our, our famous segment, Let's Commit Some Slander. Yeah. Boris Johnson, right? Yeah. Likes to strip completely naked and get on his knees, and there's a little bowl of water in front of him when he does it, and he dips his head into the water with his hands behind his back and then flicks it up while Seal's Kiss from a Rose plays on a cassette tape, and dogs watch him do it. They're not allowed to join in. If the dogs come near, he looks at them and goes, See, see, I heard about that, but I heard a bit of extra information. He's not sticking his head in there for no reason. He's, he's bobbing for toffee apples. Yep, he bobs for toffee apples, and when he gets one, he crunches into it, and then he flicks his head back, and all the water goes like behind him. And he imagines, it's not in slow motion, but he imagines it is, as he just flicks his, Baby! And he just... Splashes the water back behind himself, and the dogs come near him, and he goes, No! My apple! Yeah, he spits it back in the barrel. He uses the same toffee apple like six or seven times for for bobbing. Yep. I heard that he was going to die in a ditch, but no council would let them would let him use their ditch. Yeah. He he kept climbing into the ditches, and they were like, "Sorry, no fly tipping down here." Yep. The ditches spat him back out. Yeah, they tried to take him down to the tip, but they were like, look, we don't have a proper recycling bin we can put him in. And, you know, we can't deal with toxic waste here. Yep, I heard that he mashes cake on his balls. He just gets fruitcake and pound cake and then just smashes it all into his crotch while going, cake! Fruitcake and pound cake? Yep. I mean, that's just too far. That's excessive amounts of cake. He calls it fruity, cakey, poundy time. Share some cake with the rest of us for our balls. Yeah. He calls himself the... (laughs) He calls himself the... (laughs) The pancake grandson, and I don't know why I'm laughing. That wasn't funny. (laughs) But he does. He wears a little sailor hat and calls himself pancake grandson. He's never even eaten a pancake in his life. No, no. Yeah, they're they're for the common folk. They're how the common folk waste their, you know, excess ingredients in the pantry. He he only has full cakes, not pancakes. He says he doesn't even believe in pancakes because he's never seen Geralt of Rivia eat one. He says he believes in (laughs) dwarven spirit because Geralt picks that shit up all the time. This is what I'm quoting him verbatim at Prime Minister's Questions. This is what he said. (sighs) Boris Johnson thinks he is a witcher. He's got the hair for it. And he, th- he says he's got that hair because he's got witcher hair. And he goes around. He's got a silver spoon, the one he was born with. And he fights monsters with it. Well, it would make sense if he thought he was a witcher because he is walking around the country unilaterally deciding, I am the protagonist of this narrative. If I wish to destroy things, I can do so. Yep. And whenever he accomplishes something, he goes, hey! Just, hey! Yep, it's the best bit of Witcher 3. The best bit of The Witcher 3 is when you beat... I've been playing a bit of The Witcher 3 this week, but let's not talk about me playing a video game, heavens no. The best thing about The Witcher 3 is when you complete a quest, it goes, Hey! Boris Johnson doesn't hear it often. Yeah. 
Yeah. I hear it all the time. I hear, hey! And I hear, hey! Well, I think that just means Boris Johnson needs to set, like, lower goals for himself. Like, I fixed my hair. Hey! Hey! Or, or, you know, the goals he's already promised, like him going and dying in a ditch. He could get a good gab for that. Hey! If I saw his fly-blown corpse face down in a ditch and naked with crows pecking at the cheeks, I'd go, Hey! Welcome to Parkquisition. This is very listenable. Yeah. Welcome to our very listenable podcast. Hey! Uh, we we pride our show on how listenable it is, on how coherent it is, how much how much we are professional podcasters. Yeah, just like it's good, right? It is good. That's 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 the message. I think if anything. Wait, no, no, no. It's not good. Is it great or perfect? Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, yeah, this is perfect. Oh, hey! It's really... <laughs> I love this podcast. It's great, isn't it? It's it's not great. It's perfect. It's perfect. Blizzard did a not apology this week. Oh, that was brilliant. Um. Yeah. Every games media publication that said Blizzard issues apology. No, there was no no apology in there. I was prepared to give them a chance. Like the second he stepped out onto that stage and was like, I'm going to lead with an apology. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Saying you're going to give an apology isn't the same as giving an apology. Yeah. Right. And one of the thing I think that really I found galling was that they aren't apologizing for what they're continuing to do. Because they are continuing to have these people banned for this reason. They're disappointed. They're they're sorry that they caused a PR outrage with how quickly they acted. As with any corporation that's quote-unquote sorry, they're sorry they got caught out. They're sorry they couldn't just sweep this under the rug. He didn't apologize for anything. Well, he apologized for not the thing people were upset about. He was like... I'm very sorry we moved too quickly. Right. He didn't apologize for, I'm sorry we banned someone from our tournaments and from streaming and took away all their prize money uh, for free speech and talking about Hong Kong. I'm not sorry we did the wrong thing. I'm sorry with how quickly and unthinkingly we executed the thing so that we got caught. Yeah. And also their apology means nothing because they haven't retracted that uh, ban on Blitz Chung playing. Well, no. They haven't retracted the ban on the the streamers as far as we can tell they might still ban people you know they've not actually said we were wrong to ban them jay allen brack basically hair with a gray sorry man underneath it came out at blizzcon and said sorry but didn't specify to who why what happened anyone involved he described it as, what was it? Something like a difficult Hearthstone moment? Yes. Yeah. Which is like one step above a heated gamer yeah. moment, I think. <laughs> that was my thought. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was doing a lot of like, oh, we're really sorry that our actions led to having to focus on what we did and not focus on the games. Because really, we want you to focus on the games because I mean, that will yeah. make us money and make you not mad so so we're we're sorry that we distracted you from the games that was the basic thing it was like don't pay attention to this yeah look at the shiny things over there and then they gave them shiny things to look at and then they yeah and a lot of people as we said last week we we figured it would work and for a lot of people yeah it worked but thank 
thankfully not for everyone. There were still like sizable physical protests outside BlizzCon, yeah, which I'm like, okay, I'm glad that some people followed through. Some people kept at it. It was not the hilarious train wreck I hoped it would be. I I was disappointed that there weren't people in Winnie the Pooh outfits standing up midway through that speech. I think basically, even though there were some protests and all that, I think the the general message is is that people people don't care enough about real problems. Yeah. Like, there's a few standalone images of people like, oh, I came in in my Winnie the Pooh outfit, but I'm like, it's not, it wasn't the, it wasn't the we the people don't agree with what you did that I hoped would occur. It should have been a mountain of poo. Yeah. That apology was written, uh, you know, because you said, oh, not saying who they're apologizing to, but they know that that apology, the way it's written, you can infer who it's apologizing to. It's apologizing to the people who are upset that this other Hong Kong stuff is getting in the way of their enjoyment of video games. Yeah. yeah. That's who they are apologizing to. Exactly. They're, they're apologizing to the people who go, I want my video game podcast to only tell me whether my video games are great or perfect. I don't want them to talk about politics. They're apologizing to those people for giving a politics story. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, I, I, I hate that apology. I went through it piece by piece in a video. Um, Every part of it was despicable. Oh, yeah. So vague and non-committal. It really was a, I've got to say this so we can hurriedly move on to getting you excited for d- Oh, no, you said you said a video again. No. Ah! Uh, Justin, can you can you beep that out? Yeah, beep it out. Um, yeah, so <laughs> what, what was I saying before I... Before I did a, did the, the worst thing I could do and mention a video game. Uh, they were just trying to rush through so that they, they could rushing, get to yeah. talking about their video games. Yeah. Like, it, it was one of the more cowardly things. They acted too quickly. They did. You know, they're going to have to apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, acted too quickly, took too long to respond. Um, and I, 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 I find that difficult to buy, that they're sorry they took too long to respond, given how incredibly calculated the, the timing of their response was since it was a late Friday night when the news cycle had wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah, we, we all know what that means. Yeah, we're not fucking stupid, Blizzard. Yeah, and there's a reason why the following apology came during BlizzCon. It's so that they could go, hey, headlines can say we apologised here so we don't have, to, no one has to worry that we announce new things here. Yeah. Like, they could have done that apology days earlier. They're like, no, no, we're going to do it at the show so that it sets a nice arc. It was so fucking calculated. Get this apology done, then quickly move on to the games. And I saw a lot of that games media and a lot of social media as well absolutely play into their hands and give them exactly what they want. Headlines that said, Blizzard's apologised, Blizzard's sorry, then video game, video game, excitement, hype interview with developers to talk about this and never mention Hong Kong again. Oh, uh, when I know we're not talking about the video games that they've put out, but like without saying the name so that they don't know, no one knows which one we're on about. Um, one of their video games, I find it kind of hilarious that the announcement was we're making a sequel. The, the multiplayer is the same multiplayer you already own and already purchased, but we're repackaging it again. Yeah, that's bollocks. We're making some new, we'll throw some new content on. No, you can't buy it as DLC. Buy a whole new video game that you already mostly own. That really does not make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it's... I guess it's fine. It's, who's going to buy it? Lots of people. People who want to play in single player? But no, oh, no, you said, said a name. video game, comrade. Lots Damn of it. people are going to buy it and play it 
and love them for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I might not. In fact, instead, instead of buying, a, instead of buying nondescript video game two, I might just do a Jimquisition called Blizzard's a big piece of fucking shit. Yeah, that'll be my contribution to the market. They're a big piece of fucking shit. Is is the main issue here? Yeah. Um, mm. Hardly surprising, mm. considering they're a subsidiary of an even bigger piece of fucking shit. But when, during that that apology, in in as many quotes as possible, Jalen Brack said that they were going to prove because, in his words, actions are more important than just words. Without the mm. actions, the words are meaningless. Oh, were there actions? Oh, there were actions. Oh, do tell about the actions. Oh, I mean, it might involve people, you know, having to take tweets down that were supporting Blitzchung after Jay Allen Brack said that they were committed to letting people express themselves. Huh. I mean, that's an action. It sure is. It's not the one you would expect, given their apology, but it is an action that certainly spoke louder yeah. than Jay Allen Brack's fucking words oh you know what's also like quite a loud action they've done that that game that is getting the single player mode that we're not we're not acknowledging what one it is um it, it feels mm, it feels relevant that with 31 characters in that game they're finally putting a black woman in that game that you can play as when they want to sell you the sequel oh yeah i heard their story reasons for that yeah, no, there's story reasons why they have to sell you a whole brand new second video game to to put a black woman in the video game. Yep. Uh... <laughs> God. <laughs> fuck Blizzard. Blizzard is big farts. Blizzard is big farts. You know, it's, I, I, I'm really glad that I was in a position going into watching that thing that really... They don't make anything that even a little bit appeals to me anymore anyway. They haven't for a very, very long time. And so I was, you know, there was nothing that they could have given me, I think, that would have changed my mind about it. But it's just so gross to watch it happen and and just to hear the cheer in that audience as, as, as he's saying nothing. Just yeah. fuck all. That was it. Like, the first round of applause, the one where he... Looked like he was expecting one, wasn't getting it, then was about to speak and then got it and did a little smile as if to say, oh, there it is. There's the apology I was expecting. That was the one that was in the script. Um, that one, I mean, it absolutely knocked me sick. What, what were they applauding for? As you said, Conrad, he said nothing. Yeah. They, they were, I mean, in, in a way... In a way, they did accurately portray what the modern mainstream video game space is in that they were applauding and cheering for nothing. It sounded like something, therefore cheering. Yeah. That's the perfect way to describe their apology. It sounded like something, therefore cheering. <laughs> yeah. They, they used... It, the thing is, it was just the cadence. It's that cadence they use that goes, Hey, if I talk like this... This sounds like an announcement. Pause for applause. Yeah. It's 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 the the way that you make the voice sound like this is where you cheer. And if you cheer and everyone else cheers, you'll believe that it's a cheering. I'm going to take full responsibility is what he said while yeah. taking none. He said he took full responsibility and then again just described no event. Which which again is perfect because if you've got more people watching BlizzCon who don't follow the news, 
They had no idea what that was about. All they could do was guess and be like, oh, well, I guess I guess Blizzard said or did something naughty, but it's okay. Like, not once did he mention names, events, countries involved, the Hong Kong protest, Blitzchung. He didn't say anything. Yeah, that's... It was... It was very, very, very well crafted as a statement. Like, you know, if you want to admire evil at work... Yeah. 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 Great job, guys. Like, congratulations. I would describe it as artisanal cowardice. (laughs) Bespoke. Bespoke cowardice. Bespoke, Bespoke cowardice. Oh, Blizzard, you cravens. You craven worms. God, that's taken it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Fused up my whole episode's worth of energy in the first, like, ten minutes. It's fine. That's fine. It's all good. No one, fine. No one's listening at this point. Everyone stopped listening. <laughs> yeah, the moment I said Boris Johnson, they were like, oh, fucking hell, and turned it off. <laughs> it's fine. We're here for us. We don't need anyone else. We're here for us. Yeah. Um... God, what else happened this fucking week? Did anyone play any games they want to talk about? I mean, I just played more Oxygen Not Included, and it's it's still fun. I yeah. my my I, I've got too much oxygen now. That's that's my major. Problem. What is that game? Just a three D model of Trump's brain. <laughs> I know I said that joke last week, but it was so good. I'm doing it again. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't pass the the opportunity to get it in twice. Yeah, yeah. 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 T- tell us about your time playing it this week, comrade. Did you have any particular new experiences? Any challenges you have not approached before? I mean, I've. I've reached the end, the uh, upper edge of the biomes, so I can start getting into space at this point. And so, uh-huh. I, yeah, so I got that and I got a, a an oxygen system in place. So I'm no longer relying on algae and uh, power starting to become a concern, but I'm going to start doing oil refinement and things like that soon. But uh, nice. but got my population up and stable and, and that's going well. I'm like, 240 days in and and i'm playing on the easier mode because i just i couldn't even it's too much i get distracted by oh i'm gonna dig this whole area out and then i realize oh wait i should probably feed animals too huh you know shit like that but uh, yeah it's, i'm still having fun with it. it i don't it's just nice i have it on the background and then you know 10 15 minutes i can go load it up and goof around and then go do something else it's nice. It's relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have a game you can come back and do that to every now and then. Yeah. What about you? Uh, me? Uh, main thing I've been playing this week is I, I just finished playing through Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, yeah. So I've, ne- I've never played the Luigi's Mansion games, and I was going to get the new one, but uh, like that was the day before I had my big wrestling book, and so I didn't get it. Is it good? That's fair. Yeah, it's, it's the best this series have been. So, like... I I was a person who really enjoyed the original Luigi's Mansion back on the GameCube, and the biggest problem that game had was it was really short. Like, you could complete it in a, maybe a five-hour sitting. It, it felt short, and there wasn't a huge variety of environments. Like, everything was rooms of a hotel. And that had some consistency, but it meant that there wasn't necessarily much uh, to surprise you going through. Like, the original game, it played great. Uh, it had wonderful sort of expressive little animations, a whole good charm to it. But um, uh, I, I didn't play a huge amount of the second one. It was on 3DS and it came out like after I was ready to move on to the Switch. Like once I'd reached the point, I didn't really want to go back and play more 3DS games. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 totally solves most of my existing problems with that franchise. Um, it 
it is now a much better size of game. It's about a 14, 15 hour game, which is like, yeah, good, a good few solid sittings. Um, the pacing on the whole is really solid. Um, there is one, one bit of filler in the game, this boss fight against a cat ghost that you have to do like six times. And it's, it's just needless filler that could be, it's the one thing I would say this game could probably trim off, but, um, by moving to a multi-stage, uh, th this time it's in a hotel. The, the Luigi, all Luigi's friends got kidnapped. They're stuck in paintings. There's scary ghosts. He's trapped in a hotel. Each floor has like a drastically different uh, design theme, which means that they're able to do a lot more creative things with the types of ghosts they're throwing in there, the environmental puzzle designs that you work with. Um, I think the the big selling point of this game is the boss fights on each floor are just really fun, charming. You've got a really simple set of uh, mechanics to interact with the world, but they keep finding really creative different uses for them. Um, it, your main effects are just suck with the vacuum cleaner to suck in ghosts, blow with a vacuum cleaner, flash a light. Uh, you can do a big fart and knock yourself off the ground. I, I don't think it's meant to be a fart, but I look at it, it just looks like Luigi's farting and knocking himself in the sky. Good. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got Gooigi, who is just Luigi made of slime. I'm there. Sign me up. Yeah. 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 He can do literally everything that Luigi can do, except he's gooey. He can squeeze himself through pipes and... And, and grates and stuff. Ugh, and he, he yeah. has no expressions, but that's kind of charming. Oh, yeah, I don't want it to express itself. Just be slimy. Yeah. He just sort of mumbles and he's slimy, and Luigi seems to lo love his slime friend. Of course and it's, he does. It's quite sweet. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it... It's a it's a it's a well paced game. Um, it it's got occasion. It, there's a couple of times where certain things weren't signposted well. I had a couple of like moments where I got stuck on stuff, and when I eventually worked out the solution, I was like, the game did not tell me that that was a function that I had. There's a couple of times when you have to use a tool, and suddenly it can do something different that it couldn't before, um, which can be a little frustrating. And there's there's one or two instances where I, I did the correct thing, but not stood in the perfect position. And as such, it didn't work. And I went around in circles trying to find other solutions. Well, I just had to be stood slightly to the left. But all of that stuff really like melts away. Because when you're playing it, it's really dense with content. Uh, it's one of those games where there are just, like, secrets hidden everywhere in a really satisfying manner. It feels like there's constantly something, something to find. Um, you know our Breath of the Wild's Korok seeds? They were way too spread out, but there was this whole idea of, if something doesn't look quite right, try and mess with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This game does a lot of that, but in a much tighter density. A lot of, look out for things that don't look right and try and mess around with them to be rewarded. Yeah, it's just a really charming little game. Uh, Lu this makes me really enjoy Luigi. He he is terrified, but he's he just wants to save his friends, and it's really sweet. He's a lovely, scared long boy. He's a lovely, scared long boy. This is the first Luigi's Mansion game that I've played where I've gone like, I could recommend this without caveats. It, it is just a good game. And that's it's really nice to see this series stick around long enough that it gets to be that. Well, that's good. So yeah, that's a that's a real nice game. If you're just looking for like 12, 15 hours of slightly spooky, but it's all going to be okay in the end, very scared long boy, 
You got it. Well, there you go. I did eventually discover the button to just have Luigi quietly go, Mario, <laughs> Mario. There's just a button to have him whimper for his brother, and it's good. Every game should have a whimper button. Yeah, every game should have a dedicated repeat someone's name over and over whenever you press it button. It's yep. just good game design. Yeah, thank you, David Cage, for showing us the way on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. He, he is a true visionary, that David Cage. <laughs> the Maw had uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Your little alien. Ma! 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 <laughs> That was uh, a good game too. I liked the more. That was a cute game. The more was cute. Yeah. What, what about you, Jim? What have you been playing this week? Right. I'll tell you what. Yeah? Everyone who told me about Disco Elysium, yourself included, Laura. Yeah? Yeah? Y'all weren't fucking kidding. I told you it's a fucking good game, huh? Y'all weren't fucking kidding. <laughs> that game yeah. is magnificent. That game is magnificent. It's, it's, it's one of those games that, like... I know when you talk about it, it's hard to talk about it and not sound like it's going to under, undergo the Undertale thing of, oh, you've overhyped it and it's not going to be good now. But it's a fucking good game, huh? Yeah. Like, pretty much within the first five minutes, I was convinced. Yeah. That's how excellent the writing and the structure, like the overall sales pitch, the initial uh, opening gambit is. When I'm, when I survived a roll... To not have a heart attack reaching for the necktie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking in the mirror and deciding to, like, stick with staring at my reflection while my inner monologue was trying to convince me to look away and not not stare yeah. at my own horrible face. I'm like, I, this game is nailed. Well, even, even before you reach that, the very opening where it's just you unconscious and there's that lizard bit of your brain going... It's safe and warm and dark here. Don't need to go. Don't need to deal with human stuff. That's terrible. Oh, it's all safe here, baby. Yeah, stay here. It's safe and warm and dark. Forget about your man meats. Disco, <laughs> oh. baby. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> it's so charming. So yeah, yeah. It's um, just as a quick refresher for people. It's uh, basically a cop game. It's a detective noir almost game. Um, but it's so much more than that. You are a blackout drunk cop, <laughs> completely wasted yourself into oblivion to forget things, um, forgot your own name, and even that you are a cop, you piece that together. You're investigating the hanging of um, someone whose body was left in a tree for a week, mm. and from there you get into conversations with race realists you can pick up the ideas um and choose to adopt if you want the ideas of communism yeah uh, or the free market or radical centrism like you can have you can mold them around for a while and then internalize them to make them more powerful but with bigger drawbacks if you make them inherent parts of you that are hard to get rid of yeah like you you basically you equip thoughts for passive bonuses and internalize them um, and there, there are many thoughts you can pick up. I immediately unlocked and gravitated to um, Superstar Cop. Everyone loves Superstar Cop. It's great. Superstar Cop, where you choose enough of the dialogue options that do it, where you've decided that you must be, without no evidence, Yeah. you've decided you must be some sort of hotshot, badass Superstar Cop. And <laughs> you get a bunch of stat boosts, but the one that you get a drop in is logic, because there is no logical reason you should believe you're a, you're a superstar. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a... St- 
a stat-based representation of, of self-delusion. Yeah, that's, that's what's so great, though, is you have to, like, commit to these ideas to internalise them, and then there's really consistent ideas of, like, yeah, if you did internalise that belief, you probably would have these downsides. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and the stats are, are incredible. Like, they're, they're split up into some broad categories, like psyche and intellect and physical yeah. and all that. But the... The, the the actual stats that are underneath these um, main attributes are just really clever. Like there's one that's um, Esprit de Corps, which is like cop culture and tuning yeah. into the police station, and that's that is a stat. Uh, as is electrochemistry, which the description um, is: go to party planet, love and be loved <laughs> by drugs. Um, and they all represent. Uh. They're not just stats they represent aspects of the character's subconscious and and their mind and what is so wonderful about it is as you go through the game um and as you put points into these stats some can get more dominant than others and they will appear more and more in your conversations and they each talk your own stats talk and you can have arguments with them because they're parts of your mind they're your fucking party members basically yeah it's it's which party members am I gonna commit to exploring the uh, the relationship trees with is where you put your stats. So I obviously put a lot of points into electrochemistry. So now every time someone mentions just a bit of alcohol in dialogue, the electrochemistry pops up with dialogue of its own, telling you how great it is and how cool you will look if you smoke. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like these things all have pros and cons because like if you pump points into that stat. If you are going to drink, you will handle it better. But also, oh my god, the solution to everything becomes drugs. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, the, the sheer amount of flexibility you have in becoming your choice of fuck up cop. Yeah. Or you can even go for competency if you want. You can try. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you can become a, a you know, a full on communist. You can. The game gives you enough freedom to where you can just become an out-and-out racist incel if you want. And it's not like it's presented positively. Oh, yeah, no. It actually does a great job of of highlighting how absurd things like racial classifications can be. Like, when you meet the character Measurehead, who is so committed to racism, he tattooed his own skull measurements on his head. (sighs) And he gives you a rundown of, of the different races and what he thinks. Like, it's such a... I, I've rarely seen such a, a, a wonderful portrayal of the absurdity of racism. So what, one of my favourite things about racism being a stat in there is uh, I don't believe you can unlock the idea of racism if your logic is above a certain level of, of threshold. Uh, if, you've, if you're logical, you just can't end up a racist. Wonderful. Um, but you can go for it uh, if you want. You can make an ignorant yeah. racist cop. I accidentally um, converted someone to incel rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I won't describe it too much because I don't want to spoil too much, but it's on the live stream. It's, if you go on my Twitch channel and find my Disco Elysium one, you'll find where I accidentally converted someone to believing the cop carousel is real. The stuff that like I keep thinking about in that game is... The the balancing act you have to walk with how high you pump a stat up because mm. like uh, going back to the uh, um, the the cop stat that you were talking about before you know at a at a like low to medium level that's great it gives you insight into what the cops are doing um, you get a good sense of like 
how far can I push them? Uh, how much are they willing to help me with this? What's their thought process? What might they be doing? But if you pump that stat too high, you might just start getting paranoid and start imagining conversations where they just talk about how shit of a cop you are. Because you are a shit cop. But like, it's all of these stats, if you push them too far, they, they come with downsides. And I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is... If you really want to, if you if you want to try and play the game as sensibly as possible, do not upgrade your stats too high. Yeah, because they will fuck you up, and they are not always to be trusted. Because just like the human mind, sometimes your instincts are not right. Yeah, and no. the game actually factors that in. Like this game is so fucking clever. I don't understand how this game exists. It seems impossible. The sheer like I've I've brought this up many times, but I wanna see a yeah. I wanna see on a poster a flowchart for one conversation in this game. It must be yeah. massive. But like on on your point of not being able to always trust them, there's there's stuff like uh, drama is one of my favourite ones for that. Where if you put your drama stat high enough, you'll be really good at telling when people are lying and like the specific reasons and ways that they're lying. But as you're having conversations, you might just frequently have this intrusive thought come in your head and go, "Wouldn't it be fucking funny if you just lied to them for no reason? Do it." Ah, <laughs> uh, this game's great. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. And the stats will argue with each other. Yeah. Because, again, like, like we all have conflicting thoughts. And so, yeah, you might have the authority attribute tell you to come down hard on someone, but the empathy attribute chimes in with, oh, don't do that. Yeah, but, like, the not only do they have those conversations, those impact what options you're given for how you can yep. respond to a given situation. So, like, um, in terms of this as, like, a role-playing game... Uh, it makes it really hard to stray outside of what is in character for who your character is right now. Um, if you have pumped a bunch of points into, say, yeah, being really like aggressive and authoritative, you might get into a situation where it's like, oh, I, you know, me, the human player, wants to be empathetic to this person, but no, I put all my points into authority and my character just wants to shout them down and tell them that he's in charge. And, you know, you... It sort of forces you to go with the good and bad of your build. Yeah. And that's that's really rewarding. And like on top of that, like the actual just the, the basic core of it, the storyline, the characters, the plot, like it's all oh. fucking great as well. And it gets so real. Like it's hilarious. Mm. When the game is funny, I, I said in the Jim Pressions video, I said when it it's savagely funny until it's just savage. I didn't say it that well, but it's basically really fucking funny and then is really adept at becoming bleak and real and personal and introspective and oh my god this game is describing too many things that are relatable right now and it manages to do it without it coming across like a whiplash of a mood because the comedy is also like it, it keeps the same tone as the serious stuff it's dark it's depressing it's it's the comedy is is had at the expense of someone who's a fuck up. Yeah. And then the game will remind you that sometimes that isn't funny. This guy's a fuck up. Yeah, like it it really doesn't take long to to get a sense of how down the shit at this guy's life has gone. Like I started doing a doing a new playthrough. I've already started on a on a second one. And right near the start, um basically I my character really early on in the first like half hour or so realized 
I've not got my badge or my gun, and he has an opportunity to talk to the other cops at the precinct. And I had him just start, just, just admitting, like, I don't know where my gun is, I don't know where my badge is, I don't know who I am, please come get me. I'm scared, and I'm alone, and I don't know what to do. And his fellow officers are just making jokes about it. Like, they start making jokes about, like, oh, no, this is clearly a thing, and we don't know what to do about you, but, like, you can really early on go down the path of, like, oh, oh, shit, this guy's, this guy's life has been in the shitter for a while, ha huh? Oops. <laughs> I, I gotta play this fucking game, is what I, I keep hearing. It's something real special. Yeah, I love noir stories. Uh, one of my favorite video games ever starts with exactly just about the same opening scenario of being blackout drunk from the night before and, and having to sort of stumble your way around your home. Uh, yeah, I. this sounds amazing. I, I feel like it would be your jam. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like my jam. I will have to pick that up as soon as I can. Like, as well as the really introspective stuff and the very, um, very uh, thoughtful explorations of things like addiction and self-abuse and all this kind of stuff. On top of that, all the political stuff is really clever as well. Like, the, the, there's, I, 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 had, I ended up in one situation where I was having an internal monologue with, with you know, one of the attributes trying to convince me to adopt the role of a centrist. And there was just this lengthy discussion about the merits of radical change versus um, steady progression. And it was just really well done. But, like, one moment you could be having that, and the other moment you could have... Uh, there's a very early quest where you go and you basically want to do karaoke, and you go find a sad song and you practice it. And I botched a role for that, and I got to listen to voice-acted... Three minutes of bad karaoke. Wow. Brilliant. And that's commitment to the bit. Like yes. That's one of the moments I wrote about in my review is I, I've done this whole side quest to do karaoke. I fudged a role that I should have had. Like I had like a 90% success rate for it and I fudged it. And the game's just like, we're going to pan around this bar for three minutes while people awkwardly listen to you warble out of key. That is I wonderful. I love that. Oh. And I, I was so there for that. The sheer amount of tasks like that, like play karaoke, yeah. find a packet of smokes and smoke them. Like the the the, the different subquests you get are just so And they're given equal billing to the main quest in your fucking inventory. Yeah, I mean even though there is a clear main quest, you're given so many tasks um with as you say equal billing. It it's not necessarily having to be the main plot. Yeah. The reason I love that karaoke moment so much is it it symbolizes the fact that this game wants you to revel in being a fuck up. Like if you do something wrong, you don't this is not the kind of game where you feel bad and want to save scum and go back to an old save and try it again. The whole point of the game is things are going to go wrong. Just go along for the ride. And enjoy it for the beautiful train track it is. That's where it really nails the sense of a pen and paper RPG. Because it yeah. is exactly how mm. I play, especially like a White Wolf game rather than D&D. But I'll, I'll do it with D&D as well, where I worry less about like just being good at the game. Yeah. Just being better at killing stuff. And I'll just roll into conversations and see what happens. And if it fucks up, even better. Yeah. Because I can have fun with that. And this game absolutely nails that. If you fuck up, it's sometimes more rewarding. Like when you try and seduce someone and, ex and fail a role and blurt out, I want to have fuck with you. Like, I want to have fuck with you. <laughs> and then hours later, 
there's some follow through on it. It's like this mm-hmm. this game is fucking this game is uh, this it's game wild. Is the cat's bananas. I I keep just giggling at I want to have fuck with you. <laughs> this game's writing is so good. Uh I don't want to say too much more cuz I comrade go play this game. Yeah. And the <laughs> thing is you might think that I've been super spoilerific here. What's so great about this game is we haven't. Yeah. These are just incidental things we're describing. These are side mission optional things that only happen if you make certain choices and they go certain ways from a like 20 hour thing. If you play the game, everything we've described could be completely different for you. Yeah. Depending on your build, your decisions and the your failures or successes in the dice rolls. Yeah. It it's such a weirdly widespread game. The more I think about it over time, the more impressed I am with it. It's well, I'm I'm very intrigued just on the basis of, spec- in particular, the comparison to pen and paper role playing games because mm. one of my big sort of bugaboos about role playing games, as we refer to them in video games, mm. is that they don't really reflect the experience of playing a role playing yeah. game, um, as I understand it, and you know, and have experienced it from tabletop gaming for decades, and yeah. and so it's I'm, I'm I don't get into them because they often feel you know kind of confining, and this does not sound that way, and so just to see somebody really experimenting in that space is interesting enough for me to want to give it a go. Yeah, like when when I finally put like my proper review thoughts together, the the thing I opened with was. So often when we talk about games feeling like D&D, uh, stuff like Divinity Original Sin 2, what that means is usually it feels like second, maybe third edition Dungeons and Dragons, uh, yeah, sort of elves and warlocks and go, it, it's usually pretty linear, it's go be these fantasy races beating up people in elaborate fights and managing resources. That's usually what people mean when they say this game feels like D&D, but like, Disco Elysium feels like a DM who got into tabletop gaming from like the 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 recent era of fifth edition story heavy podcasting, or the White Wolf, somebody who started out yeah, yeah. gaming in White Wolf. Yeah, it 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 feels like someone whose primary experience with tabletop is let's worry less about combat, let's worry less about uh the the rules are a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Let's tell stories together, and they might go well, they might go badly play the character how you've decided to play them and commit to them. I'm the guy who plays the White Wolf games and very rarely builds anyone with any combat capabilities. Yeah. I'm well, the, the no talker, point. the liar, the deceiver. And and I tend to pl- I've tended in the past to play with a lot of more power gamey types who get annoyed with me that my combat technique is hide under a table. Um <laughs> cuz you I've played with people who, first of all, really love D&D, and when we play something like Vampire the Masquerade, they still gear towards combat, which is doable. Um, yeah. But that's not what that game is built around. Yeah. That game is built around social interactions. Yeah. Well, it's it's why when uh, when I do D&D, like, uh, me, me and Comrade are on a podcast together, Dice Funk, go check it out. Um, I, I like making the choices that sometimes that I know are going to fuck things up. Yep. Because... It's interesting to put yourself in situations of conflict and to have to stop and ask yourself, who is this character? What would they do? What are they after right now? Like, those questions are far more interesting to me than, can I min-max my character 
to fit a stat build that I read on Reddit so that I can do the biggest numbers possible. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I want to like I want to make a character I can think back on and at the end of my campaign go, I know who that person was and why they did what they did. It's one of my frustrations with D&D. Like I was lucky enough to play with a group where role playing was a big part of it. So there was a lot of social stuff in in our D&D games. But it it eventually got to a point where it's like I've got this high charisma character and now we're just fighting skeletons. We're at a high enough level where everything's undead or a construct and half of my skill set is useless because it's all fighting now. Yeah. Um, and in Disco Elysium, it's like, there are combat checks and stuff like that. But they're like, press a button on a tick box to maybe punch a man in the face. And, you know, yeah, you got successes and failures based on that and a health bar and a morale bar. Yeah. Um, but it isn't, it isn't all about fighting. Yeah. Good. You can you can always talk your way around a fight. Yep, I'm there for it. I'll I will get it. I just, yeah. As soon as I can get it, I will get it. No worries. But yeah. Uh, Jim, you played anything else this week? Not a lot. I mean, I've I've been playing The Witcher again. Yeah. Playing The Witcher three on Switch got me um back into it. Mm. And then I was gonna start playing it more on Switch, and I was like, I'm further along on my <laughs> other version of it and it looks better so i and it turned out i still had it downloaded um which accounts for a lot of space that was being used up on the hard drive that i now know where it went um so it was convenient because i wanted to play it last night and i was like oh it's still here brilliant um i really want to try and commit to getting to um playing through blood and wine now because i never did blood yeah. and wine and i have heard especially from gav like how great it is mm-hmm. so i want to i want to make myself get through to blood and wine now but we'll see still in, it's still you know it is what it is it's a great game um i didn't love it as much as something like i didn't think it was perfect i did think it was great so on the great to perfect scale it's great yeah yeah uh the only other stuff I uh, I, I played, um, I, I played a bit more Pokemon. Oh, I've got things to say about Pokemon. Oh, we'll get there yeah. in a second, yeah. I've been playing the old one. I've been playing the 3DS one. After, like, two weeks of soft resetting while I've been watching telly and stuff, I finally got a shiny legendary I've been looking for for ages. Um, it did an attack that took off half its health, and I thought I was going to lose it, so I was like, fuck it, Master Ball, because... The Master Ball is one of those items in Pokemon, always catches a thing. Everyone holds on to, everyone's like, there's never a Pokemon that's good enough. What if there's a rarer thing that I need it for? If a shiny legendary I spent weeks trying to catch and is about to kill itself is not good enough to use the Master Ball, I don't know what is, so fuck it, used it. Uh, There's been a bit of news about that new Pokemon. Um... I, I don't think we're going to talk in any detail about the leaks, but um, the whole Pokedex for that game has leaked ahead of its release, and Jim... Yeah, I've got something to say about that. Yeah, do you want to say your thing, Jim? Pokemon is now the worst game. Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact now. Pokemon, all of it, is now the... Fuck Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, fuck them. What, what has happened, Jim? Okay, so... Do you, do you, do you, do you want to... Are you up to saying it, yeah. Jim? hang on. Hang on. Have you got it in here? I've got to take a step back. Take my Ekans from me, will you? Will you take my Ekans from me, Nintendo? Oh, you've made a powerful enemy. Oh, the shame. Oh, the blood. <laughs> did I did I hear did I hear correctly? No Ekans? Yeah, there's no Ekans in the new one. Cancelled. Nintendo's cancelled. Yeah. That's so, it. So I, I don't want to, you know, for people who want to go in unspoiled, we're going to keep this real mild. I will just say, 
I was expecting every Generation 1 Pokemon to make it into Sword and Shield. They made them all for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee last year. I had assumed, oh, they've got the three, the high-res models, they'll just dump them all in. And no, they have not done that. Ekans is not in the new one. And I'm disappointed, because I wanted, like, a, a, a regional variant of Ekans, because this game's set in the UK. I wanted a snake in a little monocle with a top hat. I wanted I wanted English Ekans to be a thing. They've, oh, I tell you what they've done. What have they done? They've opened the Hurt Locker. <laughs> they've opened the Hurt Locker. Jonathan Holmes is inside there. They've opened the Hurt Locker. They've stuck their dick in the Hurt Locker. And Jonathan said, oh, don't do that. And they've had a, a proper wobble of it in there. They've wob- Nintendo has wobbled its dick in the Hurt Locker. And that's why Pokemon Sword and Shield can go fuck itself. No Ekans! No Ekans! Obviously the best and most famous and beloved Pokemon. It just, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. I, how dare they? Revolution you know, of our time. Do, do you want to, do you want to know something even worse, Jim? I, I, well, I mean, I dread to think what could be worse, but, but go ahead. There, oh, there's no Ekans. There is a new, different snake. Fuck off. Whoa. Yeah. There's a snake that isn't Ekans. What I is think this that's snake? light spoilers enough. I'm going to look at this snake. I won't describe it or anything, but I'm going to look at yeah, this snake. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can probably send you an image of the snake if you like. Yeah, send it over so I don't have to look at it or look for it. Give me a sec. I'm seeing if I can find it. I mean, I'm, but, but to keep talking while you do that, I, I can't describe how disgusting this is. Now, when people had complained about, about the Pokemon not coming back, They've been doing it for months, and there was the big controversy about the bring back national decks and all this. Um, I looked at it and said, you know what? Fair enough if they're upset, but it doesn't affect me. And basically, they they came for Ekans, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they came. For, now I understand why they're upset, because it has now personally affected me. It is now a big deal. This is a, a problem and an issue now. It, isn't it just... Uh, apologies for the wait here. Sorry, um, I feel sick. I feel I feel physically sick that they have not put Ekans in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Someone on Twitter um, said to me when I responded to this, "Oh, boohoo! You don't get your Anaconda. Get over it." And do you know what I said to them? What? I fired back like a shot, like a shot. I fired back and I said, "You eat big poo." You tell them. Yep. I said, you eat big poo. How dare they? Okay, okay. I, f- I found I found the, the new snake. I'm dropping it into Skype as soon as Skype stops lagging and lets me drop it in. Better not be the one I've just seen a picture of because that's fucking embarrassing. Uh, fucking Skype. Hurry up and let me send this picture. Hey, what the hell, Skype? Sort yourself out. I like their new crow. I like the new crow one from Pokemon Sword yeah, and Shield. Yeah, the crows. The, the... But it's no Ekans. Meanwhile... We've got, like, the billionth Charizard. Yeah, because everyone needs a new Charizard. Let me just ask this. Is the snake made out of metal? No. Right. Oh, now that I've looked at the picture bigger, this is just someone someone's done in MS Paint. They made a horse out of wood and a snake out of metal. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I've looked at the image big, I see that I've been taken for a fool. Okay, here we go. I'm sending it. I'm sending it. There's, There's the new snake. What is that shit? It does. It looks like it's. It looks like it's a snake wearing a dog costume. Yeah, it's. It looks kind of stupid, huh? It looks like someone's tried to make some make some cum out of shit. Do you want? Do you want to see what it evolves into? Oh, this better be good. Okay, okay. This better be fucking good. Uh, will it let me save that image? Give it. They got rid of Ekans for this. For that. For this for drip. That. 
Oh, this thing looks like a giant and brack apology. You know what it looks like? It looks like some thick ropes. Yeah, I hate it. I hate Pokemon. Pokemon is the worst game. There you go. There's what it evolves into. Oh, oh my fucking life. <laughs> okay, so it, it looks like a poo is happening yeah. there. It's just a big poo. <laughs> it's poo made out of cum. Uh, Ekans, Ekans is snake backwards. This is poo cum. Uh, so I I don't want to ruin what it's called. What is it's it? Its name is also a pun and it's not a good pun. Fuck me. Write it in the chat. People can, you can research this on your own, listeners. We don't want to spoil it for people because people are sensitive about that. Um, you'll just have to make do with our reactions. But this better be good. After looking at that and looking at it, oh my God. No. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, oh my what? God. That's not fucking even a pun. What? Oh, shove it up your fucking ass, Nintendo. <laughs> no, you're not a fan of that. Oh. Uh, oh. It's is the first half like is it is it a portmanteau like where it it, it refers to the element or the material? I mean, it, they're trying to suggest it's made out of that okay. thing, and it okay. is also that you know. Well, see, actually, you're right. Actually, I thought it was it was about the personality, but. Uh, I think it's material because that's what it evolves into. Oh, God. Oh, no. The other one's just as bad. If not yeah. worse. God. That's what they got rid uh. of Ekans for. <laughs> is this a joke? No, no. This is this is real. Well, I don't want none. That's all I'm going to say. I can't believe this. This is... I think it's finally time to complain about how they have two different games for each release. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've decided I'm gonna start. I decided I'm gonna start caring about Pokemon now. You're on that. You're on that train. Yep, just to be annoyed, just to be further annoyed. <laughs> that train that left the station so long ago, it it, it drove into yep. an area that hadn't had the tracks completed and fell off a cliff into the ocean. I'm bringing That's it back. That's the train you're getting on top. I'm bringing it back. That's the uh. train I'm on, and I'm I'm driving that train to the hill that I intend to die on. Is there not a third evolution for it where it looks acceptable? Let me double check, but I'm pretty sure not. I'm pretty sure it's just the two. We got rid of Ekans for this. Uh, no, that that is as far as it evolves. Like, I can't tell if it's a turd on its side or if it's an anus that's turtling. <laughs> um, so, with that aside, I do want to actually get kind of excited about Pokemon. I know, heresy. Um, they, they did some announcements today about some mechanical stuff in this game that makes some of the competitive stuff less obtuse, and I'm so fucking glad they finally got around to doing this. Um, so, y you know, behind the scenes in Pokemon, there's all these stats that you don't have to pay attention to, but if you want to play, like, competitive online, you probably want to pay attention to. There's stuff like uh, IVs, which are individual values that your Pokemon inherently has, and effort values, which are, like, special stats that build depending on how you raise your Pokemon, and natures that affect which stats have which, uh, you know, bonuses on them. All of the stuff that effectively gatekeeps people like me from ever even thinking about participating in competitive Pokemon. Yeah, so, they've actually done a really good job at, like, breaking that all down for this new game. So... Uh, if the Pokemon that you have has bad IVs, those stats that it just has when you catch it, there is a method that you can go fight this trainer, you get a resource, you put it into that Pokemon, oh, it's got perfect IVs now. Uh, 
they always had these like um, calcium and various uh, supplements you could give your Pokemon to raise their EVs, but you could only raise them a certain amount with those. Now you can just give them as much as you want until their EVs are maxed out. Good, right? I know people complain about some of these things and say, oh, it's for casuals and all this, right? But that actually embraces the idea of finding a Pokemon and having some sort of connection to the one you found and like trained with rather than abandoning it, abandoning it because its stats aren't good enough, like turn it into some cold calculated thing. This, this is what they said uh, back in like June when they were talking about it. They, were, they didn't say the specifics about them, but they were like, we don't want people to have to catch 600 of the same Pokemon to get the right nature or breed a thousand of them to get the right um, like stat move. Yeah. They were like, we, if you have a sentimental attachment to a Pokemon, no matter how perfect or not it is when you get it, we want you to be able to make it perfect. Yeah, make it yours. And I can get for those people who have already invested the time and energy to find and dispose of 600 yeah. Pokemon to get the one that they want, being a little bit salty that nobody has to do that anymore. But hey, progress happens, people. Yeah. Yeah, that's some boomer think, that is. I had to work hard for these Pokemon. You should too. That's boomer think. It's a universally positive move. Like, the big one that people have been excited about is natures, which used to be like... Hey, what kind of temperament does the Pokemon have that affects some some stats? That is the one thing that has always been immovable. Like, yeah, you it just your Pokemon will have that nature, and you can't do anything about it. Now there's just consumable items you can get that will change what your Pokemon's nature is. Um, and the nice thing about that is, is that just drugs? Uh, it's mint. It's just some mints. Uh, I'm sure that's what they call them. Yeah, that's what they say it is. But um. Yeah, it, it's just a really nice move that, like, seems to really be committing to, hey, did you catch, like, d did you have your starter Pokemon that you had from the start of the game, but its stats were weak? Fuck it. Keep keep with it. Get, get its stats to be competitive. You don't have to throw it away for a new one. Like, that's yeah. such a nice change. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Because even though I'm not, like, competitive with Pokemon, I do have... I always have this weird little angst in yeah. the back of my head where I think this isn't as efficient as it could be. This isn't as optimised as it could be. And just the idea that I could get a Pokemon, one that I like, and not feel like it's not all it could be. Even just knowing, even if I never go for it, just knowing there's the option to tailor it so it's the most effective it can be is nice. The, the other thing that's really nice about this is that it's not gated to... You don't have to do this at the start of when you catch the Pokemon. It's never too late to do these things retroactively now. Nice. At any point in the game, you could go, Right, I got this Pokemon to level 100. I want to get it to be its, its best self now. Now I'm going to go on that quest. That's perfect. That's all I need. Yeah. Let's say you're playing through the main story quest... And you don't want to have to stop and go, okay, let's check the chart. What do I need to catch now to make my EVs perfect? Just don't fucking worry about it. Play the story. Have fun. Do you want to make it perfect afterwards? Go do it. Just knowing the options there removes any angst I have about what type of Pokemon I have. I mean, obviously, fuck Sword and Shield. Like, obviously, for the Ekans, for the Ekans crime. Ugh. For the crimes against Ekans, fuck them. And like a true gamer, I will keep saying fuck them up until <laughs> launch day, at which point I'll buy yeah. the game. Um, but until then, fuck it. Yeah, up until, like, next Friday, fuck it. I've got a, I've got a week of fuck it. <laughs> yeah, as, as someone that has, re like, in the last year, gotten really deep in that rabbit hole, I'm really excited. Like... I had a look at that leak of what Pokemon, like what old Pokemon are returning to the new game. 
I looked at my list of shinies I have. I've got like 170 of them in shiny, and none of them have got great stats. So now I'm like, oh, all of my my old shinies, when I can eventually move them forward to Sword and Shield, I can make them actually competitive. Because that was always a thing. I was like, I want to use my shiny ones in fights, but they've got shit stats. It doesn't make sense to use them in fights. But now I can, and that's nice. Yeah, good. A a bit of positivity from a game that is shit, because no weapons. Fuck it. From the worst game. Fuck it. Uh, Fuck it till Friday. uh, The the only other thing I had on this uh, this topic list, I've not had a chance to play it yet, but uh, Death Stranding reviews came out, and... uh, it sure sounds like what we were guessing it was going to be, for better and worse. Uh, been some mixed reviews, huh? Yeah, people either love or hate. Ten hours of walking around, back and forth, backtracking, <laughs> pressing buttons to not fall over, and then there's some gameplay ten hours in. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I mean, I'm getting it. I mean, look, I love Deadly Premonition. Yeah, I, I might love this, who knows, but it sounds... I'm just going to say it. I'm not super into it, is the thing. Like, Okay, here's what I'll say about it. Um, I I think unless you're someone with a name like behind you like Kojima, you don't get to make a game where the first 10 hours are you wandering around aimlessly before you give the gameplay. Like, that's the kind no. of thing you only get away with as an auteur that people are afraid to say no to. Yep. That's some big Kojima energy right there. Literally any other uh, creator would have had someone say to them, you know that 10 hours of walking that you do before you get to do anything action-based? Maybe trim that down to, like, seven. Maybe it doesn't need those extra three hours of wandering. Yeah, my my fear is, and I'm, you know, I'm going to play it, obviously. I've been looking forward to seeing what it's finally like, but my fear is it's just going to be, like, wanton, unabashed, unchained Kojima indulgence. It sounds like it. And the problem with video game auteurs, not just, not, not, not the concept of the auteur, the problem specifically with video game auteurs is so far not one of them has been as good as they think (laughs) they are. And that includes Kojima, who I genuinely think has many genius ideas and makes many games that I've loved. Yeah. But like he he feel he reminds me in some ways of like um of of Peter Molyneux when he was getting big in that it feels like he needs someone that's not a like a business person in a suit paying the money but someone he trusts in a position as his second in command who can say to him maybe not that most auteurs do just just give him like once a month a pass to go not that i mean we see this happen we see this happen all the time with with artistically brilliant people who have great ideas is that they often when left entirely to their own devices when they you know achieve a level of success and power that they're completely surrounded by people who will just accede to their every whim uh it gets weird yeah like look at Kanye West right now yeah Kanye West has gotten weird yeah. And he need, I think he needs somebody, who, you know, like, Kim, can you please just, you know, she's getting a law degree. I understand she's busy, but hey, like, this guy needs some attention. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Kojima's the same way. Like, almost every, almost every creator does. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm fairly autonomous. I'm pretty much in charge of everything I do, but I still have Justin every now and then will come in and be like, you 
might want to change that. Yeah. And and he's almost always right when he when he says this. Well, like over the years, we've occasionally had stuff that, like you know, we've said on Podquisition and then gone back in the edit and gone, yeah, maybe not that. And you know, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's how cre- good creative work. It, you you have to know when to go. Maybe this idea I had didn't pan out in practice, and we just cut it. Well, it's it's often a matter too of like just seeing where a line is, and saying is it is what I'm doing here on the other side of that line, and is it worth it to be on the other side of that line for this thing? Yeah, yeah. Do I need ten hours of walking to get the point across? Yeah, right. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe he did. Like, I've not played it yet. Maybe he did. People seem to either love it or hate it. And the people who love it have been on the side of, like, don't stress about where it's going. Just enjoy wandering around this beautiful space. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can understand that. But And I'm I'm open-minded to it. I, I think it's something that eventually I will experience just... Because, but I'm not racing out. It's not like Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. When that dropped and I was, like... I consumed it in four hours, you know, or however many hours it would. No, yeah, but a straight shot, just played the whole damn thing, didn't sleep. That's never going to happen with Death, yeah. Death Stranding at this point. It's just too, too out yeah. there. Plus, like, from a, from a narrative standpoint, like, after Phantom Pain, which I thought was an excellent video game, mm-hmm. the gameplay was amazing, but the story was... I wasn't interested in the story. I'm still not. I yeah. know. Yeah. It was like the opposite of other Kojima games, where the gameplay is not is often kind of janky, but but the story I'm really engrossed in. And it was the other way round this time. Um, so I thought it was still superb, but narratively it didn't quite grab me. And that's made me a little less interested in Death Stranding, because he's got this whole new world to work with. And over time, his stories have gotten less enthralling to me. Um, but we shall see. And I, it's hard to say whether or not that's just a reflection, perhaps, of his, you know, declining interest in continuing to pursue this series. Something that he always seemed to fight against. Uh, so Yes, yes. Or whether, you know, this is re-energizing him. But the fact that everything I've seen of Death Stranding just looks, ov- like, weird. Yeah. Overly weird, almost. Just, like, like almost unfathomable. Um, to the point where you know we got so close to launch and so few people knew what it what the what the game was. I'm still not entirely clear on what the gameplay is. Yeah, and it's like Kojima, for all the praise I, I, I've said of him over the years, he's a pretentious little fucker at times. Yes, and and I'm worried that he's going to let that ride with this. Yeah, like the the thing I keep thinking back to now I've read reviews and descriptions of what the gameplay is is all of his. Spending the last year going, oh, I can't tell you what genre this game is. It's it's a new genre. It's it's a social connection game. Is the genre? It's like no. It's a you know. Now that's Animal Crossing. It's 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 a beautiful, detailed walking game, and then it's an action game for a bit. Yeah, like he's always been a bugger for that. Yeah, like that time he lied about. Metal Gear Solid 4 being a first-person shooter for no reason. You will be ashamed of your words and deeds. Yeah, they're ashamed of your words and deeds. That yeah, too. you'll be ashamed of your words and deeds when you understand the very important reason that Quiet has no clothes on. When he, you know, when he left Konami and he walked around with that rubber face mask for a while pretending to be someone else for no reason. And every time he drops one of these arbitrary lies, we're all supposed to 
patronise him and just be all like, "Yeah, brilliant, Kojima, you fooled us again, mate. Yeah, you are going to quit this Metal Gear Solid. This is your last one. Oh, it's not. You fooled us again. Oh, it's not a first-person shooter. You fooled us again. Oh, it's a whole new genre. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. You're so clever, Ko- Mr. Kojima, sir. I Here's the thing. We're, we're being harsh on it. I... I'm like nothing that I've read makes me not want to try it. I'm I'm still weirdly fascinated with this. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated with this unbridled thing he has been allowed to make. Yeah, I'm just I'm at the point where I'm not like super confident I'm going to love it. I'm I'm at this point where I really feel it could go either way now. From everything I've heard, I'm like this is a 50/50 shot whether I'm going to love or hate this thing. Yeah. Cuz here's here's my biggest issue right now is Will I be interested enough in it to commit 10 hours to see the next thing that it has? Because I know if I play like three hours of this and go, I'm just not digging it, people will go, yeah, but did you get to the bit where this happens? And I'm like, yeah, but I shouldn't have to play through 10 hours of walking to see the next thing. 10 hours is a yeah. lot to expect of someone to then have a mechanic and genre twist. Yeah, like I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to get it on Friday. And typically, I like to do a impressions the next day. I feel like I'm going to have to push it back a bit. But I don't like the idea of my entire working day being spent on Death Stranding and me not getting to the good stuff. But we shall see. This sounds This sounds like one of the... Isn't there... I can't remember which console manufacturer it is that's touting a feature... Uh, or one of the subscription services that's touting a feature where you can be watching someone play and then assume control of the game from the point that they are at um stadia has a thing where you can do that where you can like you can be watching a live stream and then go i want to play the game from here and they will give you a save and you can start playing from there killer app yeah killer app for that yeah yeah no actually totally agreed if i could just jump into if i could jump into hour 11 of death stranding if if i could play three hours of walking around and then go i feel like i've got this jump forward to hour 10 Mm -hmm. that that might get that might be enough to go like oh okay i'm enjoying hour 10 i'm gonna go back to my old save and i will you know play through because this is worth getting to but let me it would let me jump ahead and go let me experience the thing that is my reward for 10 hours of walking around. Yeah, it's too bad streaming services aren't going to be worth a damn for a long, long, long time. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. We, we, brought, we brought it back down because things seemed really on a high for a while in this podcast and everyone was really, like, positive <laughs> about video games. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can't get too excited about video games. They are only great or perfect. There is nothing better. Yep. Uh we are we is that us are we done we got any other any other thoughts now yeah i think we're done that seems right i got nothing else to share with the world today uh fuck blizzard oh for sure yeah oh they're awful yeah sword and shield shit i think that's it worst game ever yeah worst game ever no weapons disco elysium's great yeah yeah yep boris johnson (laughs) (laughs) all right laura me. People might want to see other things and see and hear and read and all the things what you've done. You could tell them at this point and they will love it. Uh, well, first thing I'm going to tell people to check out is a thing that is not where I normally put my stuff. Go check out my review of Disco Elysium on Polygon, where you will be seeing more of my reviews in the near future. That is a place where I'm putting some of my words. They have a very pretty layout on their website. Um, so yeah, go check out my Disco Elysium review on Polygon, but... 
I'm at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, Twitch and YouTube, I've recently done a full playthrough of Luigi's Mansion 3. You can go and watch all of that, and it's like 12, 14 hours of glory. Uh, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Laura K Buzz on Patreon. Please consider, you know, checking me a dollar a month there if you are able. LauraKBuzz.com, that is where I post links to everything that I post. No matter where it is, it ends up on LauraKBuzz.com. I've got some books, Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. It's available where books are or on laurakbuzzstore.com for the audiobook. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. That is an illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. It's going to be out real soon. And I'm on a bunch of other podcasty type things. I'm on Pixel Squirt, which is a video game porn review show. I am on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast I do with my fiancé where we do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a catch-up about things that aren't video games. And Dice Funk, which is that Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I am on, that Comrade is also on, that Jim was on a one-shot of uh, recently. I am on seasons three, four, five, and six, as well as this year's Halloween one-shot. Conrad, what do you do? Uh, well, I, yeah, uh, I do a lot of podcasts. You can, as Laura mentioned here, be on Dice Funk uh, Seasons 5 and 6. Uh, season 6 is ongoing. Uh, I do a bunch of podcasts with Jim, too. Uh, I do Boston's Favorite Son, which is a, a grotesque comedy podcast where we make our good friend Jonathan famous. And The Spinoff Doctors, which is a podcast which I swear we're doing more of. Like, I know we keep saying it. I know, I know. Like, I like I know it's become a joke, but I cannot describe how fucking exhausting and, and busy I've been. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we are, but that's... We're just waiting for the chance that we can both, like, take a breath and record it, but that's coming. Yeah. Um, We've seen the film. It's horrid. Yep, yep. Script's written. It's all... Yeah, it's all set to go, so... Uh, got that, and uh, you can hear me talk about BoJack Horseman on Of Horse BoJack Horseman fancast. Oh. I also make buttons with pithy, ironic, and sarcastic things written all over them that are, you know, very, very bleak. And you can find those at pinfultruth.com, P-I-N-F-U-L-T-R-U-T-H. And you can hear anything else I'm up to or just hear me being... Disappointed at the world on Twitter. Uh, that's at Conrad Zimmerman. That's just my name. And really easy to find me there. Jim? Hello. Um, yeah, so first and foremost, everything on here is supported by um, Patreon. That was the one. Uh, Patreon.com slash Jimquisition. That's for all of the, the Jimquisition branded ad-free content. What I do. Um, speaking of Jimquisition, this week's one was called Our Automated Bots a Deceptive Con. Best title I've ever had. Um, not doing all that great views-wise, but I didn't expect it to. It's not a particularly um, hot-button issue. It was just something I wanted to talk about. Well, I enjoyed it. It was good. I think it was good, yeah. yeah. Some people didn't quite get it. They thought I was just having a go at the existence of bots outright when it was the deceptive nature of them that I've got an issue with. It was the trickery aspect. Yeah. I'm not saying bots in Fortnite are especially bad, um, even though I did launch into a tangent about the cynical use of them. Um the fact that they're there is fine. The fact that they trick people is not. That was the distinction that some people, um, in some cases, willfully, some not so willfully, ignored. Um, uh, what else is there? Um, we've mentioned Boston's favourite son. Do check that out. It is sometimes funny. Um, and I, I stream now. I'm on Twitch TV slash Jimquisition again. Jimquisition. Those are going really well. 
Those are going really nice. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. They're fun streams. Yeah. I like to tune in for them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I always love to see you there. I, I need to I need to tag along to more of those. Yeah, it's a fun time. Um, so check those out if you want. I stream regularly but unscheduled, um, mostly because I never know what frame of mind I'm going to be in to do like hours of live stuff. So it's basically whenever I'm good for it. And I've been good for it fairly regularly, like a few times a week. So just subscribe to it, follow it, whatever. Uh, whatever it is you do on Twitch to to get notified, and uh, I, I mention it on the the Jim Sterling Twitter account as well when I when I go live, and that's it. Uh, thank you all for listening as usual for your support um, and everything else, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey.